So we have a great tradition here at Light to the Nations. It comes from the Russian Orthodox tradition. It's a greeting where one says, Christ is risen, and the other replies, He is truly risen. Christ is risen. Amen. Don't you experience that alleluia from the top of your head to the tip of your toes. We are an alleluia people. Amen. That greeting, I think I've told you sometime before, has a whole history. And at the time of the Russian Revolution, there was a big debate going on, a public debate, a communist propagandist and an orthodox priest of the Christian tradition. And the communist stood up and gave his ideology and everyone looked blankly at him. And the priest stood up and he just simply said, Christ is risen. And all the people said, He is truly risen. And the priest said, I rest my case. Because he is truly risen, and that makes all the difference. Of course, we have people in our society who will tell us it was just a cleverly invented myth. Have you heard that one? The apostles sort of, in a sense, made it up. And maybe they drew upon some sort of springtime mythology or something like that. And it became popular. Well, I've never seen anyone die for a myth. And 11 of the, uh, at least 10 of those 11 gave their lives for this truth that Jesus of Nazareth, as Peter proclaimed, Jesus of Nazareth, who walked this earth as you and I are walking this earth, this Jesus of Nazareth who was known to them for three years, that he was taken by Jewish authorities, handed over to the Romans, uh, and was crucified, put in a tomb. The Romans were good at killing people. They made a good job on Jesus. He was dead. But God the Father raised him from the dead. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. And that is our hope. That is what means everything to us. Of course, some people say, well, you know, they stole the body away. It was grave robbers. Or maybe the apostles themselves sort of took the body. But we know there were guards there. And we know, too, that the tomb, when it was discovered as empty, the apostles themselves thought, maybe, Mary Magdalene certainly thought that. Maybe they stole the body. Who took this body away? They weren't expecting resurrection, even though Jesus had talked about it. They couldn't conceive of the possibility. So it was not a break-in by grave robbers. It was an enormous breakout by the Son of God. <laughs> Risen from the dead. Glorious. Of course... We don't put our faith in an empty tomb, even though we know it's a reality. We put our faith in the one who rose from the tomb, 
Christ our Lord. And the apostles testify to this too. They say, we met him. That's what made the difference. He appeared to us. But that appearance was not some psychic sort of experience they had. It wasn't some hallucination, nor was it even a spiritual vision. It was the real Christ, the Jesus of Nazareth that they knew, standing before them. They touched him. They, as the women in the Gospels uh, today says, they fell at his feet. They were so overcome by his presence, the reality of his presence, that he was alive again with them. And these women, they worshipped him. You don't worship a ghost. No, they were taken over by the reality of his presence. In the Greek it says ophe when it says appearance, when he appeared, that means he was really there, not a ghost, not even a, a spiritual thought. No, the truth of Christ himself, bodily risen from the dead. This is what we proclaim and everything stands on this. You know, I was talking to a Muslim recently and he said the trouble with you Christians is that you... Uh, you believe in a dead God. Because someone who's only seen Jesus hanging on the cross and does not know his resurrection has not yet discovered the meaning of the cross. Not just discovered the love that is expressed for us so beautifully and powerfully when Jesus was nailed to that cross. But if it remained there in his death, our, our whole faith would be in vain. That didn't remain there. That's what we proclaim tonight. He rose gloriously and triumphantly. He is the Lord. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of all. And he is the light that dispels all the darkness when we allow it to happen. So tonight there's an invitation for us to come to Jesus. And he is coming to you just as it says in that beautiful gospel, and there was Jesus coming to them. And all they could do is fall at his feet and worship him. And it's the same for us, my dear brothers and sisters. As we've been moving about in this, these days, I feel such a love in my heart, especially for the young ones. That's only just a glimmer of the love that the Lord has for you and how much he desires living personal encounter with you, how much he desires to draw you into his heart and for you to experience that immense love that he had when he hung on that cross for you, and the immense love that the Father showed by raising Jesus from the dead so that we would forever have the presence of our Saviour with us. Right now he is present to us encountering us if we're open to him in the word being proclaimed and in the Eucharist that we're about to celebrate every time he comes. But he comes to dwell in our hearts. The beautiful thing about the resurrection of Jesus is it's not just like the resurrection of Lazarus and Jairus' daughter who did come back from the dead by the power of Christ. No, they died again. No, Death has no power over Christ. He, when he rose from the dead, he rose forever. Now, he's not going to die again. 
And so he's present to us here now, our risen Lord. And he's closer to you than you are to yourself. And we who have been baptised into his death and resurrection, we've been joined with him in his death so that the old self can be perish and, and die uh, and the new self can come forward. We've been joined with him in resurrection. We're going to have baptisms in a minute. And we too will celebrate our own baptism, which maybe it happened as we were a child and don't know much of the significance of that at that time, but now we can claim the significance of our baptism. That as Paul said in that beautiful reading before the Gospel, that Christ died for our sins once and for all, and now he's raised from the dead. He lives forever with God, and he is our power and our strength for, for victory in our lives. Nothing has to hold us down anymore. You know, it's beautiful as a priest. One of the great joys I have as a priest is listening to people in confession. And thank you so many who have come and poured your heart out to the Lord. But we are such a broken people. We're so needy. We have such a, a cry in our heart for more. And where is that more to be found? It's to be found in the person of Jesus. He is the great healer of our lives. He is the one who, when we are baptised into him, he lives within us. He is Christ in us. And as St Paul says, all who are in Christ Jesus, there is a new creation. The old is gone and the new is here. We're forever claiming that newness of Christ within us and allowing him to bring the deeper transformation in our hearts. Yes, tonight we proclaim victory. Victory over all the struggles and pain and suffering in our lives. Not that it's to be taken away, but we find a new way of dealing with it. Victory over sin, the patterns of sin in our lives too. Just a small story about victory to illustrate something. Like, um, you remember, well you wouldn't probably, but I did this in uh, social studies, uh, the Battle of Waterloo. Uh, when Wellington went out with a small fleet of ships to meet the mighty French Armada uh, when England was being uh, attacked by France at that time. And they were all waiting to see what was the outcome of the battle. Uh, and, and in those days there was no communication like we have today. So the way they would communicate is by semaphore, that's like flags. So the ships would sort of create a whole other thing of flags and, and that would communicate what happened. And so the people were waiting on the shores of the sea, waiting for the ships to return. And the ship in the great distance, the first one to arrive, they saw the flags. And it's, it spelt out, Wellington defeated. And then the fog came in, just like it's been coming in here. No more. Wellington defeated. So the whole of England went into mourning because from hilltop to hilltop, the semaphores were sort of telling people, Wellington was defeated. But then when the fog lifted, we saw the rest of the message, Wellington defeated the enemy. <laughs> That's the good news. A lot of people in our society, they look at the cross and they say, Jesus defeated. No. 
That's not the whole story. If it remained there, it would be a defeat. But it was an enormous victory because God the Father raised him from the dead. Hallelujah! And the good news is that that resurrection of Christ is for each one of us. Not just, of course, when we will be raised up at the last day. And I'm looking forward to that. Praise God. But now we can live a resurrected life because we are baptized into his death and, in, and into his resurrection. So let's claim this gift of resurrection, this victory. And I want to give a live illustration of this for you if I can. I've got sort of someone to help me with this illustration. Uh, we just have to sort of wait for that to come. Uh, and we really need to claim this victory because there can be all sorts of things that hold us back from really being free in God, really being able to truly be the people that God has called us to be. You know, as I've got around and talked to people, I, I just love listening to people's stories and just seeing how, how beautiful each person's story is. Yeah, come. Uh, how beautiful each person's story is and how much God wants to bring his love to each one of us and set us free. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah, this is Timothy, huh? Yay. Come forward, Timothy. And Timothy's in his baptismal robe, as it were, huh? He's, he's been baptized. And he's got his robe of righteousness like all of us have on, huh? A robe of righteousness. But oftentimes, underneath that exterior robe of righteousness, as it were, there can be interior problems. There can be struggles that we have that we don't even realize. So let's look underneath your robe of righteousness, Timothy. Right? Look underneath here. Ah, he's all chained up. He's chained up. Oh, this is a tragedy, Timothy. Oh, that chain, I, I think this chain, as I, my eye sees it, is probably uh, some addiction, huh? Like, um, <laughs> where there can be hidden addictions in our life that help keep us bound up. And then maybe this one here, I think there's been something of a rejection syndrome and, and some self-hate there, right? Where you haven't really liked yourself as much as you, you, the Lord would love you to and, and need to discover more of his love for you. And that can bind you up. The Lord wants you to be unbound. This one here, I think, possibly there's someone you haven't forgiven, right? And, and yes, you, you've been to the second reconciliation, but, but there's these bondages still there that are a problem. And you know what it says in Scripture, Timothy? It says that if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. So do you want to do this? Yeah. <laughs> so just confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. 
And now you mean it by saying, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. So now lift your hands and praise the Lord. <laughs> praise <laughs> Jesus. Hey. <laughs> Chains are gone! <laughs> Did I lose it? I did lose it, yes. <laughs> Too much excitement. Is that right? Yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> Back on the air. <laughs> but it's so true, isn't it? That we need it doesn't mean that Timothy's problems will all go away. I'm not, by the way, not real problems Timothy's got, but like... It's <laughs> just a drama, huh? But like... Um, but not that they're all going to go away immediately. But when we submit to Jesus as the Lord, when we really put our faith in him who rose from the dead, then there's a new freedom in the heart and a new hope, a new freedom within to be able to deal with what previously I felt unmanageable, that was beyond me. Because there's a new power that's been released into the universe by the resurrection of Christ. Paul speaks about that often. He says, the power of Christ within me can do infinitely more than I can ask or imagine. And he, say, he prays to the Ephesians, he says, Father, I, I pray that they may come to know the hope and that they may come to have the revelation of the power that has been exercised for them as believers. And they'll know this power, how? Through considering the strength of the power in raising Jesus from the dead. When you consider what God the Father did in raising Jesus from the dead, that same resurrection power is available for you and for me. We only need to claim it in faith. And that's what it is to say that Jesus is Lord. The Greek word is kurios. If I confess with my lips that Jesus is Lord and in my heart really believe that God raised him from the dead, then there's a salvation power that flows through me that can come no other way. You know, the New Age people know nothing about it. The scientists know nothing about it. You know, when the Christians first proclaimed the gospel, they simply said, Jesus is Lord. And why did they say that? Because it was common currency those days for people to say, Caesar is Lord. Caesar is curious. And people would bow down and worship Caesar. When you say Jesus is Lord, you're saying, I will worship nothing else. I will worship no other person. I'll worship no other cause. I'll not put my heart upon anything else, but Jesus will have my heart. He'll be the centre of my life. He'll be everything for me. I commit myself to live for him and for his kingdom. I want him to rule in my heart. And his rule is a rule of love. It's not like any other ruler. When he comes into our hearts, he's full of love. And he wins and captures the heart and makes us his very own. And so tonight, that's the invitation. 
I invite you to really open your heart in a new way to the risen Lord. Allow him to come and set you free. Allow him to give you that hope that already is expressed through your baptism. It says in 1 Peter, there's this new birth. Thanks be to God for the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has given us a new birth as sons and daughters of his through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as it's giving us a sure hope and an inheritance that is imperishable and will last forever because of Christ. So let's open ourselves to him as Lord. And I want to make a call, especially now, to those who have never really said a public yes. Never really say come forward and professed Jesus as their Lord in a public way. This is a very public circumstance. But I'm inviting you to do that. You may be a little afraid, but remember what the angel said there, do not be afraid. He is risen as he said he would. So don't be afraid. He will rise in your heart too, as he said he will. And he will truly do that this night. As you step forward to open your heart in placing your faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ who died for you. Placing your faith in him and wanting to say, I make you the Lord of my life. I will bow before no other God but you. I will worship you, my Lord, because you are all for me. So I'm inviting you to come forward if you want to make that statement to come now. Not to hold back, just to step forward, come right out the front here. And you may never have done this before. This is the moment to come out. Don't be afraid. It's a great opportunity here at Lights of the Nations. Just open your heart to God. It's a great opportunity. Okay, so there's many more who will want to step forward in this way. Okay? But don't be afraid. It's a long way down from the back, but there's a lot down the back there. We're just sort of feeling the prompting, uh, but just waiting to sort of uh, see whether someone else will go before you. That's okay. Uh, don't make this an opportunity to really step forward into the Lord, to make him your Lord, your Saviour. Don't be afraid to come out and, and commit yourself to Jesus. He is Lord of all. And he loves each one of us. Okay. Thank you. We're going to sing a song. And as we sing this song, others may want to come as well, okay? So don't be afraid. So we'll all stand and we'll sing this song. And as we stand, then others will come and join as well to make that commitment to Jesus.